Welcome to Beyond the Bounce. I'm your host, Coach McGraw, and I'm joined by my co-host, Coach Coleman, and we are bringing over 20 years of combined coaching experience for your listening entertainment. So, why the podcast? So, you know, you know, we came, it was one of these things, you guys probably all have your coaching buddies, people that you can talk to, and like, when you're frustrated, and that may not be an assistant coach, you know, I didn't have an assistant last year, well, I did, I guess, but it wasn't someone that I could, he was a, he was a dad right. of a player, so it's a little different, because you're talking about his son. And Come not, on, man! <laughs> you're not doing that. Come uh, on, man! So, like, when you're, when you're, you're trying to figure out, like, who can I talk to? So, like, I don't know about you guys, but for me, like, I call my buddies, you know, on the way home from a loss, um, right. way home from a win that you're pissed off about, you know, you're in the parking lot of a Taco Bell at 1130 <laughs> at night eating a grande meal and you're just like, why am I doing uh. this? Um, and that's a little insight story. Me and coach did that after a tough loss. Um, on one of our best years that we had together. And it's just like, what are we doing here? And so for me, there's not a lot of podcasts out there that talks about this type of stuff. There's a podcast talking about, you know, the five out offense, which right. we run or, you know, dribble drive and those right. type of things. But for me, it's like, Hey, what about the other personal side of coaching yeah, family? And I think coaches do a good job. Um, the other podcasts that I've listened to in the past, they've done a really good job of really being detailed in regards to the X's and O's. And some do, you know, they, they, they dabble in this area in terms of, Hey, let's, let's talk a little bit about the irate parent or, you know, let's talk about that one kid that you can't get to listen. Let's talk about the kid that hates to pass. Like, but I, I just felt that more of what we do is geared towards this, you know, it's, it's, it's less about the X's and O's. It's more about the, the, the day in and day out and, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, your, your wife or significant other on a daily basis and trying to manage your children. And, you know, for me, trying to, you know, finish, uh, you know, bettering your education. So I think it encompasses everything. There's a lot of coaches out there. Like Coach said, there's there's no one to talk to. I mean, I, I call him still to this day after a game complaining about, man, you know, I guess who walked in the gym? <laughs> guess who our official was tonight? So, oh, yeah. I just think it's, for me, why, why do I want to, to, to do this uh, podcast uh, for all of you is, is we understand how you feel. You know, we, we understand that when you, when you get done taking the cash box to the VP's office <laughs> and sitting there and counting the snack bar money, you know, double and triple checking it driving 45 minutes back walking in the door kids wife sleep can't turn on sports center because you just got your ass beat <laughs> hate basketball hate basketball and try to stay away from captain like we get it like we understand and we've all been there and in all seriousness you're not alone okay you're not alone would you agree, Coach? Yeah, and that's why we want to do this. We want to give you a spot, and we're going to do this during the season too, where we can call. And I'll—I mean, I'll be straight up. Like, I had a terrible practice yesterday, or like, you know, I had to deal with with this kid. You know, what he told me, and like, there are things out there that a lot of people just don't understand. Those people in the stands that yell and say how bad we are—they don't get what we go <laughs> sometimes through. Sometimes it's just. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, hey, sometimes when they say stuff, I laugh because I'm like, yeah, you're probably right, but. There's other times where they, those people yell, and there's a reason why my wife doesn't sit in the stands anymore at games. She barely goes because of the things that are said. 
and you know they don't get what we get it's kind of a fraternity and no matter what sport you coach you could coach soccer baseball right, girls right, volleyball right. It, whatever sport i've ever coached it's the same problems it's the same kids you deal with right. and i think i bring a perspective as a teacher where you know a lot of people don't understand that part too i got kids bringing me homework that they didn't do on the sideline of a big rivalry game i had that this year at halftime this girl brought her book and said i was sick today here's my homework when we're up five on a rival <laughs> i said oh thanks appreciate it let me put that in my backpack you know like these are things that happened to me that i just laugh about like she don't care about the game she cares about her grade which in, in essence makes me think like uh, yeah, you're probably right. This isn't that big of a deal um, as, as right. people make it. So it puts things in perspective when this is a girl who is sick and doesn't feel good, making sure Just she comes to the game a, so she can get that B or A and, and pass class while I'm over here like, why didn't you close out? Close it like, out! freaking out. And it's just Take like... <laughs> like you know it's just me yelling at this some 45 50 year old official that d- doesn't deserve it after he's ref seven games in a row right like, and and so like it's just funny and and don't worry we're gonna have ref uh, ref talk it's probably gonna be a series of 20 uh, different it, podcasts it, it can literally be an hour um but you know this is why we're here we're here for you guys and we want to we want you guys to email us and to we'll get that contact to you guys and and um tell us you know what is something that happens to you so we could talk about it we'll bring you on and we'll talk to just regular coaches um and we're coaches that have had success right and we've had failures and i think that we're just regular dudes that coach basketball for love of the game and for we love kids and we want to make them better right and i think i think you, you touched on a lot of good points i mean the main thing is you know we're, we're not winning state championships unfortunately we don't have dudes like that around here um but what we do have is we do have a love for the game of basketball and i think it's a perfect way to teach life skills um, things beyond basketball, hence beyond the bounds. So um, this is a place for us to get together and discuss some of these issues and challenges that we have day in and day out. And I just feel like I needed a space. You know, I, I love talking to coaches after a loss or, you know, when you show up to that big tournament, all the coaches are there. We're all gathered around before the games. You know who's up, you know who's down and you sit there and you just talk. And I think it's important for us to get it out there. Uh, it's kind of a stress relief, and I just believe that it, it's something that can be positive. COVID-19. Kobe mm, mm, mm. <laughs> for three. So COVID-19. Thought. Coach. Thoughts. Yeah. I, th- uh, it just, Thoughts, I think coach. it just depends on where you're at. I know a lot of coaches out there, you could probably tell me better, but... In the South, some guys I know that are coaching, they're in the gym playing. And then there's guys like us in California that right. we were told, shut it down, no practice. It's- I got dudes outside, like I got coaches on Twitter showing me they're doing five out on the grass, and I and I start laughing when I see Figure that Figure it stuff. out, bro. Like it just makes me laugh because it's like, hey, if I can't get into the gym, I know I can I can do a lot for these kids at other places, and I know getting out of the house is important. But if I'm not getting in the gym, I'm not teaching them anything. So I feel like sometimes when I see those videos of coaches out there, like filming it too like if you don't film it then you're obviously whatever but don't be showing me five out in a pick and roll where you can't get six (laughs) feet apart from each other and then posting it on twitter saying grinding it it, COVID don't stop me (laughs) like stop it is stopping us it's killing this game like it's killing us but don't put grinding doesn't matter about COVID. it's like yeah it does like what is going on right now coaches i I just i don't get it I, i i love coaching 
you know, and I love to get better every single year. But we are dealing with a pandemic. And like you said, coaches, you have coaches out there that are trying to like structure segments of practices with social distancing. And and unfortunately, I, I sometimes feel like it's all about the coach. It's less about the players. Yeah. No, I, I It's about the kids. Like, okay, look, kids aren't even in school and you're sitting here talking about it. Hey, man, you, you're available next <laughs> See, April, April uh, 8th on a, uh, on a Thursday for a home and home. Like, come on, man. Like, we don't even know if we're going to be in school and you're worried about you know, uh, who's on the road this year. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> at, at a certain point, the pride aspect has to be thrown away and say, okay, we'll get to the schedule. Let's, let's see if the kids are going to go back to school. Yeah. Then talk to me. The one or two days or practices you have are not going to make the difference in whether or not you, you lose to us because you're still going to (laughs) lose to us. So I, I just, I haven't figured it out yet to this point, obviously COVID, you know, his, 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 his reaped havoc on, on so many things in our lives. And, the, the last thing I'm concerned with, you know, and I love it so much, is is basketball. You yeah. Know, there's so many other things that, that are on my mind. Um, and I just think th- that coaches are blowing stuff out of proportion, thinking that this is, you know, this is important right now. Um, Can I go on a tangent real quick about yes. scheduling? For Okay, so listen, coaches, <laughs> when you schedule people, the biggest thing is, can you please just text me back or email me back? Like, Communication is key, gentlemen, and it and, and it kills me when I can't even get like a text back, or you'll say, "Yeah, I'll get back to you." You ain't no, getting back to me. They'll email you three weeks yeah. later, like, hey, "Yeah," you're like, "Wait." I- and, and so, put things in perspective for you people that don't live in California. So, July 20th, they came out with our season. So, basically, July 20th, they told us that we were moving at 9 a.m. They sent a they sent a directive out saying they moved our season to March. So, we're not starting basketball until March now. At 9:05, I had three people text me and ask me, "Hey, how does April 18th to the 20th work for a tournament, bro?" I am with my two kids that are under three years old. And just trying to get them busy and changed and just be a dad, I don't know. I'm a teacher. And as a teacher, they told me we're not going back to school to January. So for uh, me, I'm like, hey, I'm more focused on, hey, what can I do for these kids? You guys up this year, coach? <laughs> what? Are you up or are you down this year? Is this down yet? I don't, you up? It does, I don't even know anymore. Like It just it, it gets so frustrating scheduling-wise. Like I get some coaches are really on it, and good for you. But I'm not one of those coaches. I'm one of those coaches like, hey, I'm going to do my scheduling when I know what I've got going on. And as a teacher, what i got going on is like i got to figure out what my perspective is first. And sometimes basketball takes a second or third step in my are, life. Are you up this year, coach? Because uh, I'm thinking about possibly scheduling you guys. <laughs> we 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 have the second just because be- you're close. We have the second best player I've ever coached. Now I hope I, hope I hope that translates to some W's. But not having an off season like a lot of coaches out there with COVID didn't have. So I should play you early. You should play season. me early. Play me the first game and we'll see what happens. And it may. We, well, now may now last year we played them in a scrimmage and we got absolutely. Blown, blown <laughs> out. But that was my first year at this new school. Um, and you know it's bad when the kids are talking trash. <laughs> you know, it, like, uh, remember this coach? 
And that was a lot of fun. I mean, but I mean, what we're talking about too, the reason why we were able to blow people out at the beginning of the year is because we play a lot. So I don't know how other coaches do, but in California, we're pretty free to do whatever we want. We play 20 to 30 games over the summer. We're going to overnight tournaments and we'll talk about those later. But with COVID happening, I haven't seen my guys in since March. Like I haven't even like we haven't practiced since February, the last game that we had of the year. Right. Um, and that's a tough we got our ass kicked the last game of the year. So the last moment I have a basketball getting blown out by 20 to a team I hate that I don't like losing to. And then like all the guys, you know, and it just sucks. COVID really, no matter what, even we come back in March, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be bad basketball. It's going to be ugly and sloppy and because of rules and practices. I mean, I was told I couldn't even have a practice with eight guys and we had to use one ball each. And I don't know about you guys, but my budget's not very big. So, you know, get, get 14 balls. That's, you know, 60, 70 bucks a pop. That's expensive, expensive to have. So COVID is really going to take a lot out of athletic budgets, transportation. Just I got all kinds of people like we might have to double up with girls in a bus just to make sure we can have enough games. It's going to be a headache. And it's just something I don't want to deal with right now. Like you said, Coach, most of us don't want to try to address it or don't want to deal with it. Um, I tried, just so you know, I tried running a, a workout under the COVID conditions and uh, trying to keep high school kids six feet apart is, is like trying to keep my two year old daughter quiet when I'm on the phone. It's the same, same thing. So, you know, I tried it. I tried with the hand sanitizer and six feet apart and, you know, obviously, you know, bring your own water bottle and all that. But at the end of the day, It was good for the kids because they had the social interaction, but it's a little too much. So I think we just need to be patient with the situation, allow, you know, allow things to kind of evolve and and, and then move forward. But like you said, for those coaches that are worried about schedules, that are worried about, hey, you guys up, you know, like, when are you guys serving your hospitality room this year? (laughs) Dude, I don't care. Like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just, I can't do it sometimes. And, you know, I I just, I think that sometimes as coaches, we get too wrapped up in having a successful year. That's for us. And it's for the kids. But I think some coaches step over the line and they're just worried about their own personal pride and say, I just got to have a good year. I just got to have a good year. You know, the bottom line don't forget you're there for the kids. I mean, if the kids safety or it's in jeopardy, then maybe you should chill out. So I'm not worried about my schedule. My schedule was complete and then COVID hit. <laughs> now I got to start all over again. I'm not looking forward to it, but I know some kind of way we'll figure it out. Every game's a home game, have no transportation. money. <laughs> That's my approach. <laughs> so uh, enough of COVID, man. Let's talk about something positive. My bad, coach. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah, so we <laughs> we were trying to figure out, okay, what is one of the first things that just drives us nuts as coaches? And for both of us, one of the biggest one is a kid, is a kid saying, my bad, coach. Ah, oh, my bad, coach. Yeah, it drives me Absolutely. That's me. That's yeah. me. My bad. That's me. That's on me. That's on me. My bad, coach. And the kids that do that are not your first year freshman kids. It's your four year in the program. 
senior that you're relying on that's making that same dumbass pass across the court. Oh, my bad, coach. Or just or or just just forgets to Hey coach, that's on me, my bad. Yeah, that guy is just he, as a coach, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's the most frustrating thing ever. And in a game when you're not in practice and you have to actually like cool it off in a game and you can't yell at him you just you see it on the sidelines you just get so frustrated because you probably told him five times that move will never work (laughs) you you drive to your your right hand because we know you can't use your left right you get across half court and then they start to trap you and then you go behind your back and they steal it every time and you know what's coming next my bad coach (laughs) it drives me nuts yeah like, I, I just don't understand it. Like, at what point, like, we know it's your bad. It's been your bad every single game. And you continue, oh, my bad, coach. Like, so why don't you change it? And then, and then you take him out and you stop playing him. Then his parents are on you because they're like, well, why don't you teach him that? And it's like, listen, I've been teaching them that for two, three years, depending on who the athlete is. And so have my lower level coaches. Right. But at a certain point, He's got to figure his shit out. Like it can't be me every time of just changing the habits. Like, and it gets to the point where you can almost see it happening before yes. it happens. Where you're like, watch this, and then it happens, and you're like, yep. And wait, watch this. <laughs> My bad, coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's every single. I've had two of those kids. I don't even remember the kid's name. It was when I was at Memorial. I was coaching JV. And he was our point guard, second string point guard. He come in the game, you know, he had a little handle. He couldn't shoot the ball worth a damn, but comes in the game. We'd get a lot of pressure in that league. Literally couldn't get past half court. He did this behind the back move, get it stolen, and they beat him down the court for a layup. And then he, obviously we're taking the ball out and he would receive the ball. But before that, he would turn to us tug on his jersey and say, oh, my bad, coach. And it just used to drive me absolutely bonkers. And then he wondered, like you said, hey, why don't I play more? Yeah. What are your options in that position? Number one, don't bring the ball up the floor. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, if you're smart. Like, if you want to correct your action. Number one, don't bring the ball up the court. Right? Number two, don't go behind your back. <laughs> Like you've done it every time. Do a pullback crossover. Okay, we're good. Like it's not hard. Protect the basketball. Get an arm bar out. Do what you need to do. Um, he'd do the same move, and I was just like, God, like how does this make sense? And so that is probably probably my number one pet peeve is hearing a kid say, "My bad." Yeah. No, I mean, and it's not just the the first my bad it's it's, it, it's, the, it's the it's the 155th my bad the the uh, uh or or the, so deep in your heart or it's that kid that knows you hate when he says my bad so he won't look at you when he does the mistake on the court and he knows you're looking at him like and that's a guy that you play you've you've coached for a long time i we had a couple kids like that uh, isaiah reminds me of him a lot like he would this kid i coached isaiah he would, doesn't make eye contact he doesn't make eye contact he'll just run down the court and he knows you're glaring at him and you're just like and, and it frustrates you to no end but i think it's the kids that 
I have found that the kids that aren't receptive to your coaching are the biggest my batters, the ones that don't want to like <laughs> the my batters, the the ones that don't want to like learn from their mistakes. And then you, they're like, oh well, coach is a dick. Well, no, I'm not a dick. But when you do the same thing over and over, it's like my children. Like right. when they do the same thing over and over again, you get frustrated. And at a certain oh, point, my bad, coach. It's just like. Gosh. Oh, that's my bad. Yeah. Like, Can you imagine if I like, accidentally called timeout and we had them left and lose the game? I'd be like, oh, my bad, my bad. Like, what would they think of me? Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't imagine coming into my job and being like, oh, I didn't prepare today. My bad, guys. You know, just, I mean, I'm sure people do it. Like, I know, like, teachers do it. But, like, I could not be like, oh, my bad, man. I just, yeah. let me sit down and I'm going to recuperate. And then the next day, do the same thing. Like, oh, my bad. I forgot again. <laughs> like, how do you forget? Do my kids want to eat. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, how do you forget? <laughs> Sorry, man. I, <laughs> I forgot it, to cook. And it's just, you know, and, and the my bad thing goes along with the kids that just don't freaking pay attention in practice when you're going over stuff. Cause that's the that's one of mine is like we'll go over a set or we're going over a drill. Oh, there's certain drills that these kids just don't know how to do. And even though these kids have been doing it for four years, they just are drill killers and they just continually, continually do it wrong. And you're just like, well, if you paid attention right. rather than stare at your freaking shoes or <laughs> start talking to someone across the court or just staring at the sky, you would know how to do it. And then uh, well, oh. you just brought something up. When you said stare at your shoes, oh. another pet peeve. The guy that wipes his shoes and doesn't play. <laughs> or the guy that wipes his shoes literally every second of the game. Like I, I that you're throwing the ball into him and he's in the middle of wiping his shoes and <laughs> creates a turnover. It's like at some point you have to play basketball and not worry about whether or not you're gonna slip or not. Like, I just, the dude, oh. How about the dude that wipes his shoes after a turnover because he thinks it's the shoe's shoes. fault that right. he turned it That's over. like looking at your hand after you miss a layup. <laughs> <laughs> like, you missed the layup. Staring at your hand is not going to help it. And what these kids don't get is like when they wipe their shoes and the opposing guy scores, I'm more pissed that they didn't go after the ball and they're sitting there trying to look cool and say, oh, it's my shoes, coach. No. no. It, my bad, coach. It's your whack crossover that you've never developed and your left hand. That's what it is. It's not your damn shoes. Right. Oh, that's some funny stuff, man. That's that's kind of like uh, I see. I know this already. Your biggest pet peeve is the right hand dribble, force baseline. Yes. Pick up, hold over my head, <laughs> guy. I'm gonna drive hard with my right hand, knowing I can't beat this guy, <laughs> and then I'm gonna get right to the baseline. I'm going to pick up my dribble. Lord knows I never learned how to pivot. And I'm going to pull the ball up and hold it directly over my head. That's the guy that I know you hate. That's, yeah. If you want to get on my shit list fast <laughs> as a basketball player. And it's not even, it's just the kids that do it over and over again. But we run a lot of stuff to where we get corner threes. So these guys are going to drive baseline. But it's the kids that just, oh, wait, I'm going to go slow and then go hard as fast as I can. Oh, I'm going to get stuck because I'm not a good dribbler. I can't dribble the ball. And then they do it every time. They get stuck in that coffin corner. And then, like you said, they don't get in position that you teach them. They don't jump stop because they're too cool to jump stop in the other drills that we do because they don't need to jump stop. Right. They'll just travel every 
time. It's cool. And then they throw a cross court pass. And then when we get dunked on in our home court, fans are like, oh man, that's shitty offense. Like, no, that's not my <laughs> offense. Like, that's not what we run. But these guys just don't learn. And it that that will get me like you talk about having confidence in a player. That's one of those things that for me, I have to have confidence to play you at the varsity level. And if I don't have confidence that you're willing to learn and adapt, I'm not gonna put you in the game. Right, right. Yeah, that that the the my bad, the wipe your shoe, the dribble to the corner, pick up the ball, hold it above your head. Those are all things that are very very frustrating as a coach. Um, trying to think of some more. Do you have any more? Well, there's you know we don't have this issue a ton. It's usually on the lower levels, but kids that maybe quit, they get upset, they don't like their coach, they're not playing a lot. We, we had a kid this year, and uh, he's a sophomore, and I, it, what sucks for me is I had him in class, so he quit off the JV team. <laughs> he hands me his jersey the day before a game and says, I don't want to play anymore. I'm going to go play professional right. football. I'm going to get ready for football. This kid's- Wait, time out. Stop. <laughs> I'm going to go play professional football. Yeah, football is his game. He's about 5'5", 180, 190. Professional football. Yeah, and he's a small kid. He wants to be a lineman. He has no, you know, he's a good kid. I liked him a lot. But he goes and quits, gives me his jersey, which he has not washed in about two Is weeks. He you, could, you, could, <laughs> you could smell it. He hasn't washed this thing in two, two weeks. The next day, this young man shows up to his team's game that he quit on, goes to the snack bar, and complains that I didn't have any nacho cheese. So this, as and this is at a JV tournament, so I wasn't coaching. I was just, I was running it. And he goes, Coach, you got to give me some, JV, some nacho cheese. What's going on? And I'm like, dude, you just quit on your players. What are you doing here? He's like, oh, well, I'm a good friend. I'm like, no, you're not a good friend. Like, you quit you on your team. You quit on your team. But I think one thing that kills me is just the mindset of kids nowadays. It's a different generation, and we talk about it all the time. But, you know, when I played, I, I let alone – even talking back to my coach. I, right. I, I couldn't do it. Like, I, Times have changed. I those. would never quit and then show up the next day and complain about his damn snack bar. Like right. I, would, I wouldn't be able to look him in the face for the rest of my life. Right. But these kids just, and then they act like you're the bad guy when you try to hold them to a certain standard. And that's a frustrating thing about right. these it's kids. Called, it's called expectations, and, and, and a lot of them cannot deal with those expectations. And although those expectations are minimal, they still have an issue with it. How, how about the... Uh, I always got a kick out of this one. You call in the play, you call in the, you know, the sideline or or the uh, baseline out of bounds play, and you get the prairie dog popping the head up and looking (laughs) at you. And then you get the head shake is, yeah, I got it. Knowing, (laughs) knowing that they have no (laughs) idea what play that is. And, and and you just turn around and you walk towards the bench and you look down, knowing that this is going to be an absolute disaster. That's another one that gets me. Yeah. And then they throw the ball and you're like, what the hell is that? But that's after you just practiced the day before. Inbounds plays, but the last 10, 15, 20 minutes of practice, and they, weren't me- they were messing around, or they weren't paying attention. Right. And... And you're like, and they're like, oh, coach, we got it, we got it, we know how to do this. This is nah, easy. It's easy. This is easy. Nah, and then, it's easy. Coach. But then they're put in a different spot, and because they don't pay attention, well, I never play the three. Yeah. <laughs> and even though you, you know say, I'm a two, why would you put me at the three, oh, coach? God, What's no. wrong with you? And even though we talk about, hey, you just got to jump in positions, learn them all. We just rotate yeah. because really, where I'm from, 
we're a very positionless basketball team. So we don't have a traditional big. Can't believe you put me at the three. So like when we do that, but then these kids, like you said, it's just, it's just frustrating. I'm a shooter. You know, you know, you know, I'm a shooter. I think puts me at the three. I really, (laughs) (laughs) or you get your big that wants to take the ball out and shoot a corner three. And those are the ones that kill me. Those inbound plays too. But yeah, it's the, Or, or when you draw it up, Cause I'm, you know this. I'm a terrible drawer. Yeah. And they know that I that I'm a terrible, terrible coach when it comes to drawing up plays. I know the play in my head, and I think that they can figure it out. But the way I draw it is a problem. Yeah. And, and I admit it. But I at least draw it to the point that they can understand. And so whenever any of our plays don't work. They blame my drawing <laughs> skill. <laughs> and I look at him, I'm like, we've ran this 20 times in practice, and now it's my fault because you didn't know, like, which guy you were. Come on. Yeah. Like, that's really, really bad. And, and then they just throw it back on you, like, oh, well, if you would have drawn it so that, you know, we would have been able to tell. And I was like, guys, you guys, you run it every single day. So I have a problem with that one. And then there's always that one kid that when you're drawing it and in the heat of the moment, the X's become the O's and the O's become the X's. And he's like, coach, are we on defense or offense? (laughs) And you're like, you know what? They're on the inside. They're protecting the basket. I'm sorry. Okay. But those are the things that just really get under my skin. And you're like, if you understand the message, you understand what we're trying to get at. Just pay attention. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. Uh, well, I have a lot of people that go like, why do you drop the plays when you run them in practice? And I said, because <laughs> if, if I don't show them visually what they, they're they supposed to it. do, even though we've ran this for two years, some of these kids, they will run it wrong. And in varsity basketball, as a lot of you guys know, if you coach varsity, you, every game is two or three possessions. If, right. you, if you're very equal in terms of what you have on the court, every game and every possession matters. A lot of the lower level coaches don't understand that. You know, this is a different game. You know, freshmen's at the floor, JV's in the middle, and then varsity's at the sky. It's just you're coaching against real dudes that know what they're doing, and you right. need every possession. So a lot of those younger kids that come up from JV think, well, I should just we we, we could just ball. It's like roll the ball out. Then no, we don't roll the ball out here. At we this can't level. roll the ball. If we roll the ball out. We get ki- our asses kicked, and so. You know, when we're drawing this stuff up and we're going over things, these kids think that their talent outweighs what we're trying to accomplish. And, and forgive me for not writing your full name Yo, out. Yeah. Like, you're a T. You're the only T on the court. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Trey. I didn't put T-R-E-Y. Well, I didn't know that was me. Yeah. Like, you're the only T on the court. Well, I have, have, I have a kid, like, it's a close game, fourth quarter. You're trying to drop a play last couple minutes, and you spell his name wrong. He's like, that's not how you spell my name. I'm like, dude, I don't care how to spell your name right now. It's hot. There's freaking fans everywhere. We're trying to come up with a play, and you're mad because I spelled your name wrong. Hey, it's an E, not an A. I don't care. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm trying to draw up something for us to score. But I've had that happen where kids like, that's not how you spell my name. Oh, listen, Isaiah, 17 people spell your name differently. Okay, if I get IS on there, please just know that's you. All right? Like, gosh, you're We're close. Me. 
but I've had that happen before where a kid got mad. Like, that's not how you spell your name. He goes over like my shoulder to erase it. And I'm like, dude, I am not. This is <laughs> in the middle of the play. In the middle of the play, like trying to draw up the play before the game. And I'm just, <laughs> before, in the fourth quarter, a tough game. Even if it was the first quarter, I'd be pissed. But I'm sitting here like, or, you know, or when you're talking and you're trying to yell and like you misspeak. Yeah. And a guy go and they laugh and they'd start. And it's like, hey, listen, focus on what I'm trying to tell you. Like, if I misspeak, it's because so, I'm <laughs> angry. And so I'm, it's funny you bring that up. So last year, I have a kid named Jose and a kid named Jesus. About the same size. One plays more than the other. Okay? And in the heat of the moment, I always called Jesus Jose. Because number one, Jesus doesn't play as much. So I would look at him when he made a mistake and say, Jose! And he'd be like, (laughs) it's not Jose, it's Jesus! And I was like, my bad. Well, you, you get what I mean! Yeah. And it actually... You know, I should have paid more attention because I put him in in a very crucial moment. So I'm like, Jose, get in the game. And I pointed to him and he just got used to me saying that. So he ran in the game and I turned and I looked up and I was like, what the hell? Why is he in the game? (laughs) And then Jesus looked at me and goes, because you told him. Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh shit, man. <laughs> but it happens. It happens. And if we could only translate to these kids, like, hey, look, you get what I mean. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm trying to convey? I'm passionate. I'm trying to get the information across. And it's very important. And I've learned as you get better and better at this, it, it comes, it comes, but. Just the little details they will pick you apart at. Yeah. They will pick you apart. And it's like, just relax. I think they, they look at it from a micro perspective of like, all right, let me look at it from my, how am I supposed to do on my team? And what am I supposed to be doing? All right, what is coach to saying? And what they don't realize what's going on in our heads in a game. I mean, especially if you don't have an assistant. Right. I, you know, I'm thinking subs, minutes okay, how can I fix this? What am I doing here? Let me yell at this ref real quick because he's pissing me off today. Um, oh, wait, the scoreboard isn't working right. Um, oh, you know, what's going on at the end of the bench? Like, there's 10,000 different things that I'm thinking of. <laughs> hey, coach, how come the B's not lit up for bonus? Because yeah. <laughs> we're in the bonus. Like, no one cares. They have it at the... Yeah. It's in the book. Or, like, we're at a tournament, and this happened this last year. We were at a tournament, and their, light, their two lights were out on the, on the scoreboard. And so every time we scored, coach, the lights are out. I know the coach are out, the lights are out. There's nothing I can do. What do you want me to do? Like, what, what? And then you get the parents in the back saying, the score's wrong. And you're just like, no. It's a six. It's a, a, whatever, whatever. Like, there's things that we, are, we can't control that a lot of people think that we can control. And it's right. just like, listen, I'm just here trying to coach. But these kids make me laugh because it's just like, hey, there's only so much that I can have in my brain at one time. So if I do make a mistake yelling or screaming or trying to teach you moments, it's going to happen. But I've made that mistake. I've called kids by different names. Right. Um, I shouldn't be yelling at you to begin with. I'm pretty sure there's inaudible things I've said sometimes where I'm like, I don't even know what just came out of my mouth when I'm coaching. <laughs> like, there's things that, like, you know, because there's so much you're doing and there's so many little mini battles that a lot of people don't see. I mean, parents and people that come into stands to watch, they see a game and kids going back and forth. And they see their kid. And they see their kid. They're watching the game. Like from their the- son, their yeah. daughter, they see, well, why is she still on the bench? Yeah. That's because she's about to collapse. She's tired. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, you know, get him in. It's like, well, um, he's been in for 22 straight minutes. I'm going to give him a two-minute water break. Um, and, and what I think they don't realize is we know our teams better than they do. Right. Like, they can come up with all the different adjustments they want, but we know what works for our team. And whether or not they agree with it, to me, as, a, as I've gotten older as a coach, um, and I learned this a little bit from you, it's like I'm not going to please everybody, and I don't want to please yeah. everybody. And, like, one thing I learned, too, is to bridge that gap of relationships with parents you can be friendly, but don't get too close. you can't get too close. After games, I, I walk out the side door, whether I win or lose, it doesn't matter. Um, because I'm not looking for them to say, oh, great job, coach. They don't care. Uh, most of them. And some might generally care. But most just, oh, hey, we won, great. If we lose, I'm a scapegoat. So for me, I, I really have learned as a, as a varsity coach just to, I'm here for the kids. Let's win. Let's let's compete. Let's learn how to play this game the right way and be better, be better men. But at the same time, I'm walking out that door and I don't want anybody to see me. And and I think sometimes I get shit and I think some people think, oh, he's a jerk. But in reality, like I don't want to get too close to you because right. as soon as you start getting close to these people, they expect they something. expect something. Right. And that and that's happened when I was younger. Like, oh well, you should start my kid because we hung out at the casino one night. Like, no, what? Like, great victory. Yeah. Let's go to Applebee's. Yeah, like I'm not going to Applebee's and I'm sh- cool. Yeah, I'm not going to eat no boneless wings with you at Applebee's at 11 o'clock at night. Like, that's just not what I'm doing. I'm going home to see my family, my little, my two little girls. Like, I, I am not going to go, you know, get bottomless pit chips and salsa. Like, that's not what I want. And I know some coaches do. And if that's your thing, then fine. But for me, I, I try to keep that barrier up. And I do, I, I'm sure some people think I'm a dick. Um, but I've been successful. And, and that's just the way I do it. Because I feel like you have to have some type of median in between you and the, and the kids. And the parents have to know, understand that that line. 